Well, it's a number of issues, really. Um, uh, Uber recently introduced um, uh, upfront, upfront uh, pricing. It's, it's the way they calculate the trip, the price of a trip, and uh, upfront, like um, with no regards to traffic condition or uh, unexpected um, you know, traffic delays like accidents, road closures, or sometimes the passengers would like to take a different route or to, to make a stop. Uh, we used to get paid by distance and time before. Uh, about a month or a month and a half ago, they actually changed it. Uh, they changed the system to upfront pricing. They actually quote the passenger a fixed price. And uh, that's, uh, they, claim, they claim it to be based on historical data. Uh, the question is, uh, how, can you, how can historical data account for, for an unexpected accident or customer want to go uh, to a different intersection or make stops? So basically, drivers are not getting paid for, un- for unexpected delays. And that's that's one problem. Uh, it, it can amount uh, to as much as uh, 10, 20, and some cases of 30% uh, less pay for the trip because of this problem. Uh, the second issue we have is with Uberpool. Uberpool is uh, designed, uh, uh, it, it's a pool service, and instead now instead of taking only one customer, you'll be required to take um, two, three, sometimes four customers along the trip. You'll need to stop three or four times pick up different customers and drop off different customers. Um, and this is how the trip is, 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 is different. Uh, the thing is, uh, the driver gets to work three or four times harder than a normal trip and gets paid less. And sometimes it's going to be 20% and 30% less of a normal trip. So um, drivers get to work harder and get paid less. Um yeah, basically, um, they keep introducing um, features without consulting with drivers, and uh, they keep changing the contract considerably, like major changes, like upfront pricing is a major change. Uh, Uberpool is a major change. They just give you very short notice. It can be like a few days ahead, and that's it. You're basically supposed to take it. Uh, like, you can't opt out or, I mean, the only way is, to get deactivated, it's either you take it or you don't work. So the kind of changing continuously the terms of the contract with a gun to to the driver's heads. Mm. It's either you take it or you have you have no job. Um, yeah, and that's that's a major issue. Um, we've instigated a, an investigation with the Fair Work Ombudsman about a year ago, a year mm. and a few months. The investigation is still ongoing. Um, we are hoping to see the government moving a little faster on those issues because obviously uh, if either we have a very unfair contract, which the ACCC should be looking at, uh, because this contract continues changing and leaving us no options really, so it's a very unfair contract, or the Fair Work Ombudsman should start making a move on on, on the issue and... Um, uh, start finalizing the investigation and uh, and and decide uh, whether are we really employees or contractors because we're really between the chairs right now. If mm. you look at the terms of our the conditions of our work, we are between the chairs. I mean, nobody knows really what we are. Certainly. And, uh, 
Sorry, Max. Yeah. Uh, just just uh, quickly, I, I guess on that. Um, you know, traditionally, I guess rideshare drivers haven't really been uh, collectively organised uh, as as they were today. Um, as far as I know, there hasn't really been any sort of mass uh, strike action in Australia so far. Can, can you just tell us about today? You know how how successful it was, and uh, you know how many people. I mean, you know how how difficult was it, or how easy was it to get people to to get involved in uh, in today's uh, industrial action. Yeah. Uh, look, I, uh, we found the, the RSDU uh, about two years ago. We we did have a, a number of strikes, and uh, there was another one about a year and a half ago that uh, was countrywide as well. It wasn't as successful. Today's strike was more successful. We had another uh, organization that uh, uh, joined the effort. Uh, they called the uh, the Reicher, uh, Reicher, uh RSDAA, Right Share Drivers Association Australia, and they joined the effort. Um, and so the number number of drivers taking place was uh, bigger. And uh, plus, uh, the problem I just mentioned at the beginning affects a lot of drivers nowadays, and it really affects them in a way like it, uh, your salary, your weekly salary. Those who do it full time can feel it on their weekly salaries. Uh, it really affects them. So the response to the call was much, much stronger. There's a lot more affected drivers that want to take action. I mean, imagine you work in a, somewhere and, 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 you know, they just cut your pay without, without notice and say, it is what it is, take it or leave it. Imagine working under such condition. You'll be really upset. And, and for many people, this is their livelihood. For many people, this is what they do full time. I mean, they rely on the Uber income to pay their rent, to pay their bills. And, and, and they have a problem when, when the terms of the contract are being changed so abruptly. And so, so yeah, we, we had much more response this time. Definitely. Definitely. Now, the uh, I guess uh, applications like Uber and Rideshare in general ha- were sold very much to the public as being a unregulated, uh, I guess, application on which the users of the service uh, can regulate the service themselves, and the drivers in turn can uh, can regulate it as well. I mean, I, I guess this example of Uber has shown that there maybe is more need for for regulation of these services in terms of maintaining, uh, you know, industrial rights and conditions for the workers. Do you think that you know that uh, I guess an overhaul of uh, rideshare in general needs to be to be looked at by the Australian government in terms of you know ensuring the the rights and conditions of workers rather than just leaving it to these uh, essentially these massive corporations to regulate themselves. Definitely, and and that's the problem with the gig economy. I mean, uh, if we're talking just about Uber, I think I think uh, the best option would be for a special committee to sit down and look at driver expenses and how much they get to take home after after they paid for all but their expenses. And there must be an hourly rate, a certain hourly rate, or let's say a, pre, a price per kilometer. Uh, many drivers will be happy with a minimum price per kilometer. So those big corporations can't lower the price under a certain amount per kilometer. Uh, that, that committee will decide what the price should be based on expenses, based on uh, how much it needs to be just for a driver to, to, to make minimum wage, take home wage, and maybe pay themselves a little bit of superannuation. I'm not even talking about sick leave and, and pay leave. Uh, uh, so definitely, yeah, the government needs to look more into it. Uh, we're not crazy about too much regulation, but we would like to see the basic things, the, the important things being regulated a bit more. 
And I think it should start with a price per kilometer. There should be a minimum. They keep undercutting it. There should be a minimum.